Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 23 of the Familypreneur Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by EIEIO Marketing. Facebook advertising does not have to be stressful and overwhelming, not when you have a former Facebook employee on your side. If your business is looking for a reputable agency to manage your Facebook ads for you, visit EIEIOMarketing.com and reach out for a free consultation today. When you think about your Facebook marketing strategy, always remember EIEIO. Their name isn't just cute, it represents the ideal Facebook strategy. You need to engage, interact, educate, influence, and then optimize. Now, let's move on to our guest. We have an amazing guest for you today. He is the author of an empowering children's book entitled Valedictorian. It empowers readers by informing them of the highest honor one can receive as a student and inspires them to strive for academic excellence. He is also the owner of Learn to Read, Read to Learn, LLC, a word-first book company that focuses on empowering parents by informing them of the age 0 to 5 window of opportunity where children can learn language and reading skills simultaneously with less effort. Valedictorian is a book that has left a lasting impact on my daughter, and I'm excited to kick off today's discussion with Guy Lodge. Hi, Guy. Welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I am really excited. We've met in person not too long ago, and I feel like you've got this fascinating book and a fascinating story, and I'm really excited to share it with everybody today. Likewise, likewise. I'm excited about today. First podcast, so. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so take it back. So th- these are questions that I don't even know the answers to. What were you doing, you know, before you were an author, a children's book author? What's your background look like? So... Prior to that, I graduated from college and had my daughter very right, pretty much shortly after that, and um, that pretty much took me off of whatever whatever trajectory I was on. I had an undergrad in business management. I was a semester shy of marketing, a marketing masters, and um, just completely knew that I had to focus on baby girl. You know, so it took me off the path that I was on already. And then three more baby girls later. Three more baby girls later. You um, and I are in the same boat with four right. little girls. Yep, yep. And at that point in time, I'm homeschooling. Okay. Um, so at that at that time, I have three that are currently homeschool age that are officially homeschooling. I have one that's a four-year-old who's 
unofficially in school with us every day, all day. She loves it. Um, we love having her. It, it helps her to grow. So, you know, I'm homeschooling and just naturally found myself having this story to tell. And organically, it just came out, came out with my first children's book. So tell me what the, what the story is. So the story basically is of four sisters who the oldest sets the goal of becoming a valedictorian and achieving that goal. The story is told by the second oldest to the third oldest. It's very clearly spoken to her, you know, as a kindergartner, as you need to speak to a kindergartner. It basically tells the story of how she got to that goal, um, what she had to do to get there. And it's like a roadmap to academic success, basically. That's pretty much what the story is. It also has two inserts that it comes with, which is uh, one is a certificate. It just basically gives you the definition of what, what a valedictorian is. It has a, a space for you to put your name. It reminds you that you're a valedictorian in training. And then it also comes with a poster, which has famous valedictorians and famous salutatorians. We have Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Coretta Scott King. We have Alicia Keys. And we also have Hillary Clinton as famous valedictorians. On the salutatorian side, we have Norris Cole, we have Michelle Obama, we have John Legend, and we have Robin Robert. The whole idea behind that was to connect for the readers that, you know, these people didn't just wake up rich and famous on TV. You know, it started way before in school, and they, and they took it very seriously. And the hope is that it will inspire them to take it as seriously as they did. That's awesome. And I didn't even know some of those people. And it's not like I don't think Alicia Keys is a smart woman, but like I see her as a very, very talented musician. And I never would have thought she probably did well in school. You know, it's it's cool to see that academics are important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all I wanted to do was to make that connection and let them know that they took it seriously. And, you know, I think that will really inspire them to take it just as seriously. And I know for my oldest daughter, um, your book was, I'm pretty comfortable saying it was the first time that she encountered the word valedictorian. You know, she didn't know what it meant. And so reading the book did help her understand that. And she actually did her own book review of your book. And she, credits, <laughs> she credits the book for helping her like solidify a goal. You know, it's not just getting straight A's. It's the long-term goal. So I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not that we think that everybody's going to be the valedictorian. You know, there's only one valedictorian. But for me, it's more so setting that valedictorian mind frame, getting them to apply themselves 100 percent to everything that they do, because it not only would help them in high school, it will carry over to everything else that they do, uh, whether it's sports, whether when it's when they get their first job, when they trying to climb the, the corporate ladder, whatever it is, they'll be applying themselves like they learned to do from, from kindergarten. You know, that's why I aimed it at kindergarten through fifth and eighth grade. That's wonderful. And then do you have any, your oldest daughter's how old? She's nine. So I mean, this isn't a true story in the sense of. It's embellished has- a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to embellish the ages to, to make the storyline, you know, go smoothly. And do they have those goals? Do they want to be valedictorian? I know you homeschool, so I don't know how that works. Yep. So they all, they all, I mean, my four-year-old is talking about she's, she's going to be the valedictorian. And that's, and that's what it does. It sets that seed. Like it gets them thinking like that from early, you know, um, as we all know, as you, you get a little older and, and setting your ways of, of fun with your friends, you're not necessarily going to be so easily turned back to now. All right, no, let's stop doing the fun stuff. You got to focus back on your school. Um, you know, so it's getting that set, early letting them you know get that pattern set early and i find that 
that it, it really helps them, like you said, solidify a goal, get a, a goal in mind. And, and it may be a, a stepping stone to another goal. It's all about, like you said, just getting it early, getting it set in there early, get those seeds planted. And I love that you also have t-shirts. I know you're wearing one yourself now, oh, yeah. <laughs> if anybody's <laughs> watching the video, but um, my kids, we, we bought the t-shirts too. They say valedictorian in training, yep. which I love. I think that's so cute. And Kaylin, my oldest, again, mentioned that she wore it to school and used it to tell her teacher that that was the path she was working on. And sometimes I think like from an educational standpoint, just communicating your goals with your teacher. Kaylin had a lot a history of problems in school. And now that the teacher knows her goals, I feel like it puts her on the map. Like she's not going to get forgotten about. The teacher knows that, yeah, she had problems, but she also has a vision, you know, and a goal. And I think that that's Absolutely. wonderful. So Absolutely. There's a part of me that just wants to thank you for that because I don't know if I would have come up with it on my own. So, <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, thank you for the support. I love, I love seeing the girls in the shirt on on that picture. It it really does something to me. I love that. Thank you. Now, are there second books in the works? Oh, absolutely. I, I got I got titles on top of titles that I'm ready to just. It's a matter of me just having the time to sit down and 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 uh, bang it out. Mm-hmm. Um. Right now, the focus is solely on on valedictorian and, and and getting that out because, as you know, that's like a whole nother job all by itself. You know, you get the book done, you think that you're done, but that's far from the truth. <laughs> you know, that's where you're just beginning, basically. You know, so, so what kind of things are you doing right now with the book now that it's been created? I just actually had a a reading. I did a reading at a Martin Luther King. A event that was in Phoenix yesterday. I got to speak in front of an auditorium for the first time. Something like you, you don't realize, you know, how difficult something like that is until you actually have to do it. You know, you don't put no thought into it until you actually have to do it. And at that moment, <laughs> at that moment, it's like, it's like, wow, okay, I got to do it. So it's just, just get it done and try to move on to the next thing. And, and uh, it was exciting. I got it done. And everybody, it was received well. Everybody loved the story. Um, and it, it turned out well for me. It turned out well for me. Now, do your kids go with you to things like that? Have they been involved in the, the writing or the marketing of the book? No, not, not really. Um, and that, that part for me um, is hard because, you know, I, I would be at events like that for them typically. But now that I'm, I'm working the event, it becomes more difficult to be able to focus on them and, and do what I need to do. So when I get to go to events like that when I'm working, I've so far haven't had the opportunity to be able to implement them and bring them along. Um, but, but that's definitely the plan. I want them to see everything, everything, the, the business side, the, the interaction side, you know, um, all of it. I want them to see. I want them to be there and see all of it. But, you know, I, I would need some help like, you, you know. It's not, it's not easy to, and I'm the type of parent where I'm, I'm super focused on them when, when they're around me and, and when, you know, there's different things going on. So I would completely be out of my element having to focus on sure. the book and, you know, so. You know your limits. You got to know the limits. And I'm absolutely. with you. I, I've gone to events where I bring like my older two kids, but I would never, I'm not at the place where I could bring all four and. Oh, you so you, you know, you know, yeah, four know. Is, a, is a different thing. <laughs> when you've got more kids than you do hands or eyes, oh, then yeah. it's like, <laughs> you gotta, gotta know your limits. Now, what Absolutely. about your, your wife? She's involved 
right? Like I've seen her with you at events. So she's involved absolutely. in the business in some way. Absolutely. So she, she is absolutely involved in the business, but she also has a regular nine to five. She's in corporate America. She works, she's in retirement services, um, loves her job. Um, but you know, the preference would be to be doing what we're doing. Right. You know, um, she's, she's very, she's very involved and it's just a little difficult when you have to, you know, manage both sides of it like that. But, um, she's definitely a big part of the business. So she's at work doing the nine to five and you're home with the kids, which is funny. It's how my family used to be structured. Um, but you're home with the kids during the typical business day and homeschooling and doing all that. What are some, some tools that you use to help you juggle everything during the day, I assume. I mean, I know for a fact that it's overwhelming to oh, have four sure. kids and all of their demands and housework and marketing your business. How do you manage it all? I find it now that I was fortunate enough to have my first one. And when it was just me and her, she got a lot of one-on-one time. So as you know, you, you get number two and number three, that one-on-one time dwindles. I'm fortunate to the point where, they're very independent. Um, they're, they're, they're learning to work with each other, which is, you know, why we, why we do this, right? We, we want to be able to prepare them to be in the real world, working in the real world. And that's what it's all about, being able to, to collaborate with others, work well with others in, in close quarters and, and, and be progressive, be still doing, getting, being productive. And, um, you know, we, we, we embrace that. Uh, you don't get to do that in a typical brick and mortar school. You know, it's basically you and your relationship with the teacher. You don't really get to mingle. You know, it's, it's kind of like forbidden to intermingle with the class. And, and that's not how it is in the real world. So we embrace, we embrace that. And um, that's what helps us to, to do it successfully. The older ones is helping the younger ones. So not only is the younger one getting help, the older one is being helped because it's reinforcing what they already know. Um, and I'm overseeing everything. I'm, I'm listening to everything and I'm, I'm just watching and taking it in. Like it's, it's really a beautiful thing to see how they work together. You know, I'm preparing them for later on in life. They're going to need to do that. And it's, it's beautiful to see that. That's great. Were you, were you guys always a homeschooling family? Oh, uh, absolutely. So I knew from day one, like I knew that that was what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it, how, how it was going to work out. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, fortunately, I was able to find a. It's called. It's it's slipping me what it, the the actual term what it is. But it's it's public school. It's just a virtual. It's a okay. virtual school. So it's public school, but it's done virtually. So you you have a homeroom teacher. You have a class with mm-hmm. about twenty to thirty kids. They have when they're in that classroom, it's literally like they're in a classroom. It's just on a computer. So the teacher uh, speaks, she gives microphone privileges. Students can raise their hand, ask questions. It's literally like they're in a classroom, but it's just done over a computer. And I love that because, you know, you're learning to do things in kindergarten that some adults don't know how to do, you know, just, just navigating on a computer, chatting on a computer, raising, clicking on icons to raise your, you know, different things that you're learning at that age is like, it's perfect. It's perfect to me. It's perfect. No, that's really cool. I don't think I've ever, I, when I picture homeschooling, I picture like the parent at a table with books. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's what everybody, that's what everybody pretty much envisions until they look into it. Um, 
I found it to be, you know, godsend, you know, the best thing that I could have, I could have found when it comes to schooling. And do the kids, do they enjoy it? They love it. They love it. They love being in that atmosphere that, that I was talking about earlier. Um, they love helping each other. They love, you know, and, and it's, the thing about it is that they're in different grades, but throughout the school year, they're working on the same stuff at the same time. So even though one is in fifth grade curriculum, one is in third grade curriculum, and one is in first grade curriculum, they're working on the same topics at the same time, just at different levels. So, so it's, it works out well. We do all of our, our, our uh, classes together. So we're in language arts. We're all in language arts. When we're in social studies, we're all in social studies. So when one person has a question and that question is being addressed, it relates to what everybody's currently doing. So things, little things like that is, is kind of things that help us to, to be able to, to do three different curriculums at the same time. That's, that's so interesting. We'll have to definitely get the link, you know, and we'll put that in the show notes. So other people who may be listening, I feel like maybe people who weren't, who didn't consider homeschooling an option could suddenly consider it because it sounds a little more structured. Absolutely. It's definitely structured. You're, every, everything that you're held accountable for in a brick and mortar school, you're held accountable for here. So all of the AZ merit testing, everything is it's official. You're not missing out on anything. One thing people may say also is about the, the socializing aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, they're socializing on the computer, which is, you know, that's digitally. But in my in my certain situation, you know, they have three other siblings. So that's quite an, a lot of socializing right there by itself. And they all each have individual uh, teams that they're a part of, um, whether it's softball, basketball or, or whatever it is. Like they are part of a team outside of this house where they get to socialize and, and, and learn how different uh, ways of socializing with different people works. Um, so I have no issues as far as that socializing uh, stigma that people always talk about. Um, I find it to be not an issue, to be a non-issue. Now, were you in traditional school? Were you homeschooled? And what about your wife? How did that play into things? Oh, no, we, we went traditional public school. Um, I was in Brooklyn. She was in Springfield, Mass. And um, we did traditional. So we, we, we definitely know the positives that comes from being in a traditional but we also, you know, saw it a different way and wanted to go in a in a different direction for for our children. Cool. And how'd you guys get to Arizona? <laughs> so the wife, my the 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 company my wife's worked for is a Fortune 100 company. I want to say, okay. And they did a relocation. We did a relocation and paid for like 95 percent of the relocation. So it was at a time where we, you know, we wanted to take advantage of that. We wanted to to uh, see a different part of the country. And, uh, and it worked out well. That worked out well for us as well. It's so funny. The more we talk, I feel the more we have in common. It's a similar story to how we got here too. So that's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> so cool. So one of the other things, I want to jump back to address your book a little bit more. Um, one of the things that I really liked is that your book features a lot of diversity. So we have a mixed family um, where we've got kids that are biracial and some that are not. But I love that you incorporated different races into the book as well. So I love that the book is diverse. And I think that that's really important given the climate that we're, we're kind of in today and the lack of diversity that's in children's books. Do you see that as an 
issue that we're up against? I mean, I think it's getting better, but there's still that lack of diversity. Oh, for sure. I definitely think it's getting better. Um, I think there's lots of diverse authors and and people doing independent things. Um, But I still see the issue uh, getting into these types of books, getting into, say, public libraries. Um, You know, there's a lot of, of policies in place that I'm, you know, just learning about right now. You know, this being my first book out and and seeing the process, learning the process of how to get it into libraries, I find it a little problematic that, you know, um, libraries pretty much, you know, they purchase from, you know, certain vendors, which are the bigger vendors, which are these vendors are not going to carry books like mine. You know, I don't feel I feel like that doesn't necessarily make it a book that the public doesn't need. You know, I feel like this is a topic that's needed. This is a topic that is empowering. Uh, it's inspiring. It's talking about ec- academic excellence. And because it's not carried by company X, mm-hmm. you're telling me that it's not going to get into your library. And that's that's problematic. They're the gatekeepers to the information that, that the public receives. And they got to do a better job if it takes if it takes a little bit more funds to to get these diverse books in the library, then then so be it. <laughs> you know, so when you publish a book and I, I have the, uh, basic knowledge on this, you can let me know if, if I'm explaining it incorrectly. Okay. But when you when you publish a book, you kind of have two choices. Like you can go the traditional route and get like a publisher to, to publish it or you can or, or self-publish you can, you, you can, it. You can hope, keep your fingers crossed and and hope that somebody sees it and, and feeling happy and lucky that day and, and want to take a, a chance on you. You know, that right there is a very, very huge part of the process. It shouldn't be, like, overlooked because that's, you know, you can have a great product. You can feel that it's it's perfect, and then you start shopping it around, and when people is not looking at it the way you thought they would, you may want to start changing it. You know, so I say create what you want to create and put it out there. It's a, it's a new day. It's, it's no more having to go that route. You don't have to do that no more. I'm a perfect example of that. Um, you know, I knew nothing about children's books before doing the research on this one. You know, I never even thought about writing a children's book, but the information is out there and, and all you have to do is find it. For me, it worked out to be the best thing that I could have done, just doing it myself. Do the libraries only work with the bigger publishers, though? Is that why it's hard to get books in the libraries? Well, not really the publishers. These these companies that I'm referring to, like they process they process books or something like that. Okay. I want to say they make it easier for the library to get the receive the book and put it right on their shelves. It comes to them ready, labeled. I see. Uh, uh, security measures placed in the book already, so they literally receive it and put it on the shelf. Um, if they receive my book, they would have to then get it processed before it can go on the shelf. And like I said, if that's the cost to to get some diverse books on the shelves, then then we're just gonna have to figure that out where we're gonna get the money from, you know, because it's it's needed. It's not. I'm not. We're not talking about something that's minute. We're, we're talking about information that that we need as a public, you know. Not only and and you know some some people try to write diverse books. This is not a book that's. This is not a diverse book. This is a topic that I feel is isn't being touched by any any books. No, it's not. It's not only for for children to see themselves in books like this. It's, it's important for other cultures to see these types of children in these types in this type of a light because it just helps with the different ways that people have their ways of seeing things. In my opinion, no, I think it's wonderful, and 
I think it's a shame that it's been difficult to get them into libraries. Hopefully, though, we can bring some awareness that the book is out there. And where where can people find it? Where can people buy it? So the book, uh, hard copies and soft copies are exclusively sold through my website. But you can get the, the ebook version. You can get that on Amazon. You can get that on Kindle. You can get that on, on Apple, iTunes. This is pretty much on all the places you can get the digital copy. But again, the hard and soft is exclusively through my website. And that's learn to read, read to learn.com. And those tools are numbered. And then you mentioned before they've got the inserts and the posters. Do those, I assume those are only in the hard copy and, and paperback versions? Of, um, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they're inserts and they come in, like you said, the soft and the hard copy. And they really are. The illustrations are beautiful. And you didn't illustrate them, right? Somebody else, nope. somebody nope. you know. Orlando, or... A friend of mine by the name of Orlando Jones. He's a veteran as well as a art student right now at the Arts Institute of Phoenix. He did a great job with the illustrations. Everybody is telling me the same thing. Everybody loves the illustrations. Yeah, they're very well done. The kids love the book. The colors are vibrant and bright and fun. And the, like I said, the t-shirts are really fun. The girls love their matching t-shirts. Um, and they've got a cool, explain the feature of the shirts that you made. Cause I've never seen that before. Oh, so we call it selfie paint. If you see the, if you can see the logo, it looks like a regular logo, but when you take a picture with flash, it, it, it shines. So we call it selfie paint and, and everybody's loving that as well. And is that something you, like, did you guys discover that? Or is that something that's just out there and not a lot of people have picked up on yet? Yeah, it's something that it was a, a personal preference of mine. I've always loved that in my clothing. So I just made sure that it was an aspect in, in the first uh, t-shirt that we have did. It's so fun. I love it. Thank you. Thank well, you. I will link to your website and all the different places where people can find the book in the show notes so that people can find it quickly and easily. And I want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me today. It was great to explore the story behind the book and behind you and hear all about homeschooling your kids and the unique way you're homeschooling them. I can't wait to learn more about that as well. So thank you so much for taking time to share that with us. Meg, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And I I look forward to hearing all of the rest of the podcast that you're going to be doing because I know this is going to be a great thing. Thank you. Thank you. You'll find the show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode at megbrunson.com slash 23. Last week, we discussed health and wellness and homeschooling with Allison Rand. Allison was born and raised in Maine and moved to Phoenix soon after being married. She's a proud mama to two adopted children whom she homeschools. She's built a business around connecting with other moms and creating healthy lifestyles focused on organic nutrition. If you missed that episode, go back and give it a listen. She's got some great tips for both parenting and business. Next week, I'm really excited to welcome the founder of fit for mom the country's largest fitness program for moms. She's a noted speaker, author, podcaster, and powerhouse of energy, Lisa Druxman. Lisa is a mom on a mission and is passionate about helping women get out of overwhelm and into a life of health and happiness. Recognizing her entrepreneurship, Lisa has been nominated for and received numerous honors from organizations such as the National Association of Women Business Owners, and she has appeared on television shows such as NBC's Today Show, CNN, Access Hollywood, 
Hollywood Live Today, and Home and Family, just to name a few. Druxman has been featured in print publications including Entrepreneur, Women's Day, Good Housekeeping, Self, Fit Pregnancy, American Baby, the list goes on and on. Her knowledge and expertise helping moms balance motherhood, life, and fitness is displayed in the mission she lives every day, and she has graciously fit us into her busy schedule, providing an interview you undoubtedly don't want to miss. Subscribe to the podcast today so that you get notified as soon as that episode drops next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Bye. Want to connect with other like-minded parent entrepreneurs? Join the discussions in our official Facebook group. You can find it at familypreneurcommunity.com. dot